sure as the sky above me I believe I believe I believe in mountains high and valleys low desert land and driving snow like a river to the sea you are always in mountains high and valleys low Good to be in God's house today. Amen. I missed that countdown. We got down to zero when my back was turned. We're uh, gathering in today to uh, hear God's word, to worship the Lord, and to encourage each other. It's going to take us a little bit longer to get gathered in today because we're plugging in our crock pots and putting our dinners in the warming uh, oven for a big church dinner afterwards. That's going to be good. We're going to be eating together with glad and sincere hearts, just like they did in the early church. Amen? Lamentations 3. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen? That's uh, what the prophet Jeremiah said. And I believe... I believe it's true to you. Amen. For those of us that were old enough, we likely remember 
where we were and how we felt on this day 21 years ago. Amen. September 11th, 2001. That was a surreal day. For a previous generation, it was Pearl Harbor. Or maybe for some of us, it was the day John F. Kennedy got shot. Or for you, perhaps Columbine. 9 11, 21 years ago, was a day we'll always remember. In fact, when uh, that happened and in the days to follow, we committed ourselves to never forget. Let's pause before our service this morning and remember that day. On September 11th, 2001, the course of American history was suddenly changed. We remember the chaos and the confusion, the destruction and the heartbreak, the shock of 3,000 lives lost in a single day. But we also remember the great resolve of everyday people, the acts of heroism that brought us together, the men and women who stood in the gap, somehow still fighting, giving every ounce of strength to help others. Decades have passed since that historic day. And in that time, we have learned that despite all the suffering and loss, our God remains faithful. Even when smoke and debris obscure our paths, His unfailing love will carry us through. As we remember those who were lost, let us honor their memory with our lives, giving our own strength to help the hurting, making sacrifices for those around us, and sharing the faith which brings eternal hope and peace. This is our promise and our prayer for 9-11. Very good. I love the message of that uh, video, and I'm resolved to love and serve and keep the faith to the very end. Are you? And I'm grateful for the faithfulness of God through uh, all the rough spots of the difficult times in life. The worship team stepping up right now, and we're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. That's really the theme of this service today, and I'm looking forward to preaching a message along those lines as well. God is good. He's with us here today. He's for us, and He will be to the end of the age. Amen? Let's stand together as we uh, begin our worship and lift up the name of our Lord. Praise be to His name today. Even though I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. Even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near. 
for your faithfulness, your mercy and grace, Lord, that's allowed us to wake up and see this beautiful day. We're grateful for this world you've made, for your work in it, for your work among us and in us, Lord. We just offer ourselves to you today. Give us ears to hear your word. Give us hearts open to what you may want to do in us today. And Lord, we, uh, we commit this time to you. Father, we lift up our needs to you. Father, you know we all have folks we're praying for. We lift them to you now. Those that are sick and struggling. Those that are perhaps going through a difficult time even, even today. I pray for your mercy and grace in their lives. And wherever they are, whether in this space or uh, back home somewhere across this country or somewhere else in the world, Lord, we, we name them uh, to you today. We, we lift them up and pray that you'd be their help and strength. God, I want to pray for our brother uh, Greg White and uh, Nancy. Thank you for the time we've enjoyed with them these last few weeks, and we pray your blessing on them as they go back to Illinois and begin to pastor a church there. Anoint their ministry. Give them all the wisdom and grace that they need. God, I think about Gary and Diane Allen this morning. I pray for healing in Diane's life, and I pray for your sustaining grace for them. So many others, oh God. I pray that you'd meet each one at the point of their need right here in this uh, service today. We pray together for our country this morning. We continue to pray for uh, a desire to cross aisles and cross streets and cross barriers and, and help us, Lord, to come together to work on the great challenges that we face as a nation these days. We pray for your church across this country, around this community, and even around this world. And I pray that wherever your church is, in every gathering this morning, that your Holy Spirit would speak and guide and, and fall fresh on us, Lord, and help us to be that salt and light that you want us to be in this hurting world. We pray for this church. We pray for this fellowship. We pray for your guidance in the days ahead. We thank you, Lord, for the good things that we see. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Again, we pray for this service, Lord. Strengthen our faith. Brighten our hope. Meet our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And give us hearts that worship you and seek you and are hungry for your word. Father, bless this time, we pray. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to be together, especially in the tough times, and we've been there for each other through the years. Good to be together this morning. Before you're seated, greet each other in the name of the Lord Jesus, would you? Handshakes and hugs all the way around.
Well, good morning. Welcome. Willem Park Church of Nazarene. We have a few announcements for you today. Um, in your handout, uh, WP Naz News handout. Uh, if you're new with us today, please grab this connection card, this white card here that you'll see in there and uh, fill out. We'd love to get better connected with you, exchange some information, um, and be able to connect and communicate with our staff better on that. Um, just a reminder, if you're also new to WP Naz, we got great, a great kids program going on right now in the children's area, up the ramp. Um, we have Pastor Kelly would like to show you um, that if you need to go there now, uh, but that is going on right now, and it's a wonderful program. Uh, uh, please stick around. All are welcome to stay today after service for our lunch. We will be having a potluck lunch after service. We'll eat it right here in this room, um, and you'll have a chance to ask questions. You might want to get to know, uh, ask questions to the board, um, things about what's going on with the church. Um, one final announcement from me, there's also another handout, and in, in the handout there's a uh, flyer here that informs you on all of our new small groups that are going on. Sign-ups begin today, and you can fill out a um, sign-up, whether it's on the connection card and you want to put that in the, um, in the offering plate, or you can fill out information in the lobby after the service. So those are two options that you can do to sign up for the new small groups there. So um, please, Scott, come on down. Uh, we, he will have a couple more announcements for us, and then we will take this morning's ties and offerings. Well, good morning. It's nice to see all of you. I don't know if anybody got the message, but today was the first day we can wear flannel, right? Uh, and then I walked in the sanctuary and I was like, whoa, what happened? Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it, it's a good morning and we're having, a, we're having a, a month where a lot of things will be happening. Um, I'm up here to talk to you about our pastoral search. And there is quite a bit going on with, that, with regards to that search. One of the things you'll find in your bulletin is a pastoral characteristics checklist, so to speak. And what we want you to do is give us what you believe is the, the highest priority to the lowest priority from this list. That's in your bulletin. And we need to prayerfully consider um, this whole season that we're going through right now. I think we all would, we all would, it would be easy just to get used to a Ben and Kelly to be here forever, but we, we keep getting reminded that's not going to happen, and we need to be bathing that whole time in prayer. What we have been doing on the board is we have already completed uh, the pastoral char characteristics from the board members, and that's being forwarded to Dr. Askren our our district superintendent and he is making a call for pastors who may be interested in coming here to be our next pastor uh, and this month we would expect that 
we will see three candidates given to us by Dr. Askren, and it's going to be based on what we have asked, but also what you're going to ask on this same form that we would ask you to finish today. Uh, it's a pretty important step. So please take the time to fill out this pastoral characteristics and turn that in, and we'll get those results to Dr. Askren. Then uh, there's also for your involvement, did you know that you are also asked to consider and nominate someone for the position of pastor? So back on our table, right in front of the sound booth, you'll find a sheet that looks just like this. And if you can think of someone that would be a good candidate for us to consider as, as a pastor, here's your opportunity. So please speak up through this form. Everybody got that? Right back in the, on the table in front of the uh, sound booth. So in terms of the process, once we have given our pastoral characteristics to Dr. Askren, then he will be looking at resumes, culling those resumes down, and we would expect to see our first three candidates uh, submitted to the board by about September 27th or 28th. So that's coming right up. That's only two and a half weeks away. So please prayerfully consider that, and we, we, uh, we will take this next step in, in a pretty good-sized adventure. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Uh, if we could have the ushers come forward, we'll take this morning's tithes and offerings. Let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful for all that you give to us, and there's so many different facets of that gifting, that whether it's, it, and it doesn't just come within financial gain, it's, it's relationship and love and, and connections made and uh, sustenance. Lord, there's so many things that we can thank you for that we know is directly from you as a good gift. We thank you for that, and from, from out of that, Lord, we want to give at this time and, and give from our own means um, back to you, Lord, and I pray that you take and bless this offering, multiply it, help develop your kingdom, Lord, it's in your name we pray, amen.
wonderful to know that he's the one we can put our trust in. That song we sang four years ago, and Jackson sang it. We just witnessed Brian and his testimony, and Jackson graduated this last week. And that song is a testimony of what God has done and answered his prayers for four years. And it's a good reminder to us of his faithfulness and that he comes through. And we may pray for a long time, but he always answers. And he's faithful to that. So praise God. Let's continue to worship him. Thank you. 
Goodness of God. 
thank you for being here this morning with us, Lord. Oh, Jesus, it's so good to stand in your presence and kneel at your feet as we continue to worship you through all the different things and elements in this service. Lord, know that we love you, that we want you to change us, that we want you to move us, that we want to be obedient to your calling, to what you want us to do. Jesus, we need you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we continue on with this service, Jesus, that you will know that we came here for you. We're setting everything else aside and we're focusing on our Savior, on our King. We thank you for loving us the way that you do, Jesus. We love you back in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are going to enjoy the sacrament of communion together as a church family. I'm going to invite Cliff and Bonita, two of our incredible small group leaders, to come forward and serve us this morning. You know, at the dinner table, we're all on equal ground. At the dinner table, we talk, we share, we laugh, and we love one another. At Jesus' table, he encourages us to be totally honest with him. He wants to come and he wants to put his hand on our shoulder and say, I love you. If there's anything in your life that you need to confess to me, if there's anything in your life that we just need to talk about, that you need to surrender to me, this is the time to do it at the table with the Lord. David the psalmist said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know any anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Are you giving God permission to search your heart? Search me, O Lord. Let me know, is there anything in my heart, in my life, that's not pleasing to you? Show me, Lord. This is the time we want to confess that. We want to come forward with pure hearts before the Lord. And that's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to be held back or burdened with the grip of sin. But he wants us to be freed from sin and empowered to live the life, the beautiful, incredible life he has for each one of us. I encourage you now to stand, and when you feel ready, just come forward. Cliff and Bonita will, will hold the elements here, and they will serve you, and then we will eat and drink together. So just come forward.
Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take this bread and eat it and remember Jesus' death on the cross. After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink and remember the blood shed on the cross for our forgiveness. Jesus, we come to you today, and we thank you. We thank you for the invitation that you have extended to us to be in relationship with you. <clears throat> and we thank you, Lord, for providing the means for that. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross that enable us to be forgiven of our sins and to gain eternal life in you. Father, I pray for each and every one here today that they will know that love that you have for them that they will surrender, turn away from their sins, and turn toward you. I just pray, Father, for eternal life for each and every one that is here today. Father, we thank you, and we praise your holy name. And Father, now as we open up your word, and as we hear your word, we just pray that you will speak to our hearts, that you will help us to know what you want us to know, and help us to draw closer to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you're new to Woodland Park, Church of the Nazarene, that was my wife. And this is Lance. We're going to do something with that ore that uh, most of you may recognize at the end of the service. That uh, profile that Scott Meyer uh, noted, and could we have the lights up again, please? Uh, please do, if you're a regular part of Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene, fill that in. And uh, there is a blue box with a copy of that uh, survey or inventory uh, taped on the front of it. Please. Fill that in and get that back to us today. Uh, it's really important for us to hear from you. And uh, I know some of you remember doing that less than a year ago. But uh, perhaps your perspective has changed and uh, Dr. Askren wants some uh, up-to-date, fresh perspective. So please do fill that in. You even have permission to fill it in during the first three minutes of my message today because it takes me about three minutes to get there. But uh, do and uh, put that back uh, in that blue bin. And if you need something to write with, ask a neighbor or there are some pencils back there on that table. You have my permission to get up and grab one. I'm relatively new to Woodland Park. Most of you know that. Colorado in the Denver area. And I just have a question. 
Is Larry King actually allowed to wear that on a Sunday morning? That's got to be against the rules. The Lord is high above. <laughs> so Larry's claiming that that Chiefs jersey is of the Lord. That's pretty bold. Anyway, we'll pray for him anyway. <laughs> on September 12th, uh, last year, hard to believe, I preached a message from 1 Samuel 7:12 in the church we we're at for 35 and a half years. Hard to believe it's only been a year since I was in the pulpit there. I'd like to preach from that same text this morning on this uh, 12th day of September, 2022. And you could turn in your Bibles to that seventh chapter of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 7. I've heard several people uh, tell me that they've come to expect to see our granddaughter when I get up to preach. I've also invited some other grandparents in the congregation to send me pictures, and I would gladly show their grandkids off, and someone finally did. Lisa, you got that first, uh, yeah, there you go. That is Henry Smith, right? Now, we dedicated him a few weeks ago by the expression on his face. I'm thinking that picture was taken during one of Kelly's messages here. I'm not sure. And so as not to disappoint those who have come to expect to see Emmy, here's a picture of uh, Emmy and her grandparents, and there you go. That's our grandbaby. <laughs> Emmy was born December 16th of last year, and so on September 12th last year when I preached from 1 Samuel 7:12, and you can, you know, there you go. Um, I knew I was going to be a grandpa, but I didn't know... Uh, Emmy's name, her full name is actually Ember Morning Corbin, and I had never heard the name Ember. Funny thing, once you hear that name, then you hear it all the time. I've heard of several little girls named Ember, and one of Lacey Ryan King's cat is named Ember, too. So it seems to be everywhere, but Emmy is what we call her. We've got an Emma Lynn in this congregation. We've got an Emerson. Here's a question for you. Have you ever... Uh, known a little baby boy named Ebenezer. What would you call Ebenezer for sure? Ebby? I don't know. In 1 Samuel 7, Samuel named a rock Ebenezer. And I'll tell you why and why I'm coming back to 1 Samuel 7:12 for my text on this special Sunday. Lisa, back that up and save that uh, verse for just a little while. It was in the days before kings in Israel when God raised up judges to lead the nation and defend his people against their enemies. Samuel was perhaps the greatest of these. He was judge, prophet, priest, leader of the nation. The Philistines were enemy number one in those days. Some Twenty years earlier, the Philistines had defeated Israel's army. 34,000 of Israel's troops fell that day, 20 years earlier. And the Ark of the Covenant was captured. The Ark of the Covenant contained the stone tablets on which were the commands of God. It contained the, 
the rod of Aaron the priest that had budded miraculously and it contained a jar of the manna God provided between Egypt and the promised land. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence and power of God and so when the Ark was captured it was thought that the glory of God had departed Israel. Most no doubt believed it was over. Like I don't know how we come back from this. I don't think we get through this. But they did. The presence of the ark of God among the Philistines brought one calamity after another, and after only seven months, they returned the ark of the covenant to Israel. The calamity that the ark had caused in the Philistines uh, caused uh, no one in Israel to want to host that, but it landed in Kiriath, Jerem. And I want to begin there in the second verse of 1 Samuel 7 and give a little context for that 12th verse. In the middle of verse 2, 1 Samuel 7, the ark remained at Kiriath, Jerem, and all the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. And Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put their bales and asterisks and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. They were remembering that defeat 20 years ago, no doubt. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it up as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offerings, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Bethkar. Then in verse 12, 1 Samuel 7, Samuel, no doubt looking back through the years, as well as celebrating God's most recent deliverance, took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer which means stone of help, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. Thus far has the Lord helped us. Has he helped us so far? Has he been there? Has God seen us through? Are we here today because of His mercy and grace? I believe we are. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes when I look around or look ahead, I wonder whether I can handle all this, whether I can come back from this, whether I can get through this, whether I can be ready for what's out there. Are you ever there? And it's in those moments that I need to look back and see what God has done. And I need to look up and know that He's still with me. I believe we're here today by His grace and mercy. We may be here today and have some scars. I'm always struck by the fact that when Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared to His disciples, there was no blood, there was no sweat. There was no agony, but there were scars that the disciples could, could touch and see. We may have some scars. There are some things that have happened in the past that have formed us, that stay with us. In a message about the past here a few months ago, I said we really don't ever leave the past behind us. There are some things that we have to consciously forget and move forward, but we bring the past with us. I understand all that. There's no going back, but we've got a God that can take us on, and that's exactly what He's been doing all our lives and will do today. Amen? I believe we can say what Samuel said, Thus far has the Lord helped us. Praise be to His name. I think that applies to these last two years. Back in March when we first got here, I think maybe in that first message I preached on hope, I reminisced about those first days of the pan pandemic in our church back home, March of 2020. I'll never forget stepping up to the pulpit that day in an empty church, preaching into an iPhone. The quiet of that moment, just the surrealness of that. Locked down for a couple, three months, literally not gathering together. Went to fully recorded, pre-recorded services. Kelly and I sat on our sofa watching ourselves on a TV screen. The fear and the difficulty of those first few weeks, not knowing what was going on. But then all the good that came out of that for us as a congregation and a community the opportunities to serve out in our city. And then coming back together, realizing how important that time together was, all the good that's come out of that. No doubt you all have some of those same kind of stories in this church. Aren't we thankful for God and His help? From the start of the pandemic, Psalm 46.1 became a a word of encouragement for us. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. He has been. And on this Sunday, September 11, 2022, we can say, thus far has the Lord helped us. Here we are, open for business, still alive and well, together. You might say, like our folks did a year ago, 
Pastor, not everyone's here. And that's true. And we grieved every loss during that pandemic. And we grieve every loss in this life. But there's not a person who has put their trust in God that cannot say that God has not been their help right up to the moment of their passing. And I believe our brother Jim Christie would say that. Amen? Our latest loss. We lost our remarkable world leader this past week in Queen Elizabeth. Lots of coverage uh, in the wake of that passing. This image really struck me of all the images and all the uh, video footage of her life that I've seen in the last uh, two or three days. Uh, this was a picture taken of her at the funeral of her husband of 70 years, Prince Philip. During COVID, just a handful of family and friends gathered there someone captured this picture of the queen and it makes you think of perhaps times in your own life when you felt all alone going through some difficulty i read that the queen read that the queen is a was a deeply religious uh, person who lived and reigned through some incredible times think about that i'm guessing she would testify to god's help right up to the moment of her passing. Amen. Our faith does not exempt us from trouble. God is an ever-present help in trouble. He is our refuge and strength in the midst of the challenges, the trials, the troubles this life brings. Love this picture that I had hanging in my office back home. Anybody ever seen that one before? These last couple of years have felt like this. But thus far has the Lord helped us. And not just in the past two years, but through the years. Today is the 21st anniversary of 9-11. It really was a surreal day for those of us that remember it 21 years ago. Talk about an event that changed the world. We talked about this the last time we were at Colorado Springs Airport. Remember in the days when you could meet a friend or family member at the gate when you didn't have to undress down to your underwear to get through security. Terrorists became a household word and the fight against terrorism, the newest war. I may have shared this before, but in the wake of 9-11, I can still remember sitting there at our dining room table in our house just north of Washington, D.C. with our then 9- and 12-year-old girls who asked us about dirty bombs. And if a dirty bomb was dropped on uh, Washington, D.C., would it get out to us? And it was genuine fear on their face. I don't remember much about that first Sunday after 9-11, but I do remember we sang the hymn, Be Still My Soul. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief and pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Like churches everywhere and like much of the country, we came to God that Sunday for help. 
and he helped us. Back on July 20 of last year, the Associated Press put out an article about a Nazarene pastor from the Mid-Atlantic District, our district back home, that 20 years ago began to serve at, as chaplain at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. The article came out as troops began to withdraw from Afghanistan. Do you remember that last year? Among other things, it was a reminder to me that wherever there's trouble and suffering, the church is there. Thanks be to God. I want to read just a portion of the opening of that article. Dover Air Force Base, Delaware, the AP. This is what he said. This is the place where widows wailed, where mothers buckled to the tarmac in grief, and where children lifted their teddy bears to see daddy carried off in a flag-covered box. This is where presidents stood and generals saluted because this is the place where the price of the war in Afghanistan was made plain. This is the place where Chaplain David Sparks saw it all. This is the place he found his calling. This, the minister says, is holy ground. Virtually all of the Afghans' war dead arrived back on American soil here at Dover Air Force Base. Seeing to those remains is such trying work that many do it for just six months. But Sparks was here when the war was launched and the first casualties arrived and is still here two decades later. In the belly of C-17s carrying the fallen, his voice quivered in prayer. And in the autopsy suite, he smelled the stench of death. He watched a father reaching for his dead son, repeatedly bellowing the Marine's name, and he heard the little boys weep. In anger, families cursed him. And in gratitude, they held him tight. After two decades, it's finally ending. And Sparks will walk away, left with the emotional remains. My heart has been torn out so many times. The 74-year-old says, I can hardly count. Can you imagine having that job? But I know David, and if he were standing here today, he would testify to the Lord's help, and he would say along with Samuel and with us, thus far the Lord has helped me. Praise be to his name. I could name my toughest years in my life. 1968, 2000, 2008, 2015, 2020. I can tell you why they were tough, but God has helped me, and here I am. And once in a while when I'm angry or discouraged or disappointed, I just look back, and I see how God has helped me all along the way. How about you? We've been with you all six months this weekend. Hard to believe time flies when you're having fun and we have heard a lot of stories we were together with the Ronks who did me right by sitting up front this morning I'm going to go off camera we had dinner with the Ronks the other day and uh, some of you know they uh, got caught in the Haman fire how many years ago was that now can we get this yellow mic up uh Brother Jeff, there you go. How many? 20. 20 years. That was 2002. 
and you told us about how you had been out doing something, came home, and somebody came and told you you had to evacuate. Who was that, and how long did you have? We had a church out there because so many of the people out there didn't want to come all the way into town. So we had a little church out there. We had our church service. We could see some smoke off in the distance. We got home, and the sheriff's deputy was there saying, you have 30 minutes to get out. We took two hours because we had our mentally disabled son and dogs and cats. And so we got everything. It took two hours to get out. And a short time later, approximately a couple hours after that, our neighbor was driving by to coming in. They lived a mile down from us, and our house was on fire house was the first home to go. And how much did you lose in the Haman fire? Everything. Except? We survived. <laughs> That's right. We got out and sure we lost things. And some of those things had a lot of memories. Some of my husband's military things and so on. And some things from my great-grandmother and, and my grandma, but we made it out. We survived with no problem at all, and he was with us throughout the whole time. Dick and I are book lovers. How many books did Dick lose in that fire? Between seven and 8,000. But you made it out, and... What difference did your faith make in the days following that fire? All the difference in the world. We would not have made it without faith in Almighty God. We were, we were followed by one of the Denver TV stations from the time of the fire until we moved back in. And then 10 years after the fire, uh, CBS4 came out and talked to us and several others that had lost things in the fire. And I was amazed that here we were 10 years later and the others were all down. They couldn't see any good. Sure, sure. And we survived. Um, we, we thanked the Lord because he was with us. 24 hours a day, it was very obvious that he was there with us. And these other people, no. Didn't recognize. So here's the question, last question. Looking back now, can you say with Samuel, thus far the Lord has helped us? Amen. Yes. He is with us every moment of every day. I believe that. That's good. We've all been through something, right? A divorce, loss of a child, loss of a job. We've had to deal with doubts, maybe struggled with uh, drugs or alcohol, maybe lived through a house fire, a car accident. We've all been through something. Can't we all look back on our lives and recognize the Lord's help? See that it's by His mercy that we're here today.
I hope we can. These last couple of years especially have been challenging for us all. Toughest years in Kelly and I's lives. But here we are. And here's the message this morning. We can look back and recognize God's ever-present help. If we can say, thus far, as the Lord helped us, then we can trust God for what we see going on around us today and in the days ahead. To quote another great hymn, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. I fully expect the sun to come up tomorrow because it came up today and every other day that I've been alive. I fully expect the leaves to begin to change color and fall to the ground as we move from summer into fall because that's happened every season since I was born. God's faithfulness is just as certain. We can not only face tomorrow, we can wake up tomorrow with confidence and hope because the God who has been with us will be with us even to the end of the age. Because his mercies are new every morning whose mercy has allowed us to see today. Amen. As I came back to this passage again this week, I was reminded that God's help and God's blessing come as we turn to him as we trust in Him, as we turn from sin and anything that would hinder us in this race that we're on, and as we walk with God. But thanks be to God, any of us could do that. Amen. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. We want to, uh, we want to sing in just a moment. We're going to sing a, a prayer, really, that hymn where we raise our Ebenezer. Are you familiar with that one, Come Thou Fount? And as we sing that uh, great hymn, I want, uh, I want you to do something. I want someone, one person from each household to come up, and I've got uh, four baskets or containers of rocks. I've noticed you guys got plenty of rocks in this area. And on these uh, stones of help is written the text for this morning's message, 1 Samuel 7, 12. And I'd like for you to take that back to your home or to your workplace or somewhere that's visible and let it be a reminder of God's help through the years and an assurance of his help in the years to come. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing. Someone from each household, if you're able, come and uh, let's get a stone and take it back with us today. Sing this as a prayer to the Lord.
God is faithful to us, isn't he? And our call is to be faithful to him and to each other. Two weeks ago, I preached a message on unity. And I used rowing together as a crew team as an illustration for the church. If a crew team is going to win the race, then they must row in unity with everyone else on the team. And the same principle goes for us, God's church. Ephesians 4, 1 to 6 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, and there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, who is through all, and in all. The church is unique made up of many members but one body it is made up of many different ages but the church has one purpose the church is made up of many different ethnicities but has one head Jesus Christ the church is made up of many personalities but we all have one mission the church is unique because we are all so very different, but we are called into unity to function as one, just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. And just like a crew team must row in sync in order to win the race, we as the church must do the same. We must be unified. And when we are unified, we can do great things for the kingdom. But when we're not, we're a train wreck. And we are ineffective in our witness to the world. But we can't do this on our own, can we? But Jesus Christ provided everything that we need for unity when he died on the cross. He also demonstrated what unity requires, and that is sacrifice, self-sacrifice. And as we each one sacrifice our own way for the good of the whole, then we can experience true unity. And that's what we want. That's what Christ wants for us. This beautiful antique paddle you see up here is being repurposed to be a gift for your new lead pastor. And this gift, this paddle, is going to be a symbol of unity for your pastor. It has a lot of signatures already. Can you see those? 
And those signatures, they're there because those who have signed already, they show their desire and their commitment to, to row or to minister together in unity. If you did not have a chance to sign it, but your desire is to work together as one, then I invite you to come forward and to sign your name here on this beautiful paddle. There is no greater gift to give your new lead pastor than unity in the body of Christ. So I encourage you, if you haven't signed yet, come on up after the service and sign it and show that you are in unity with one another. Also, just want to remind you, those completed surveys that are in your handout, they can be completed and put in the box that's right back there. And we are going to enjoy a meal together. I don't think there's anything better than a potluck, do you? And we're going to enjoy that meal right over here. So I invite each and every one of you to stay and have lunch um, together. I'm going to pray as we close our service, and I'm going to pray for our meal as well. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. You have been faithful to us, and we are a grateful people. Father, help us to be faithful to you and help us to be faithful to each other. Lord, we just thank you for this time of worship that we've had today, and we thank you that your spirit has been right here with us. And Lord, we know that your spirit will continue to be with us as we enjoy this meal together. Father, bless this food to our bodies. Bless the hands that have prepared it. And Father, I just pray that we will be encouraged as we gather around the table and enjoy this meal together. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.
Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to sway. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands And a heart divided Oh, Jesus Friend of sinners Open our eyes to the world At the end of our pointing fingers Let our hearts be Led by mercy, help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Hey, to remember we are all 
us what we're for, only what we're against when we judge the wounded. What if we put down our signs, crossed over the lines of love like you did? Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts. Jesus, friend of sinners.